0: All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Jesse Meek, who's the founder of Code Lingo. Welcome to the show. How's it going?
1: Hey, good. How are you?
0: I am doing pretty well. Just had. Uh, um, I'm starting to feel some some, some jingles of, of my second cup of coffee. I'm feeling good, energized, excited for the conversation. So my, um, you know, first question for you is for people that haven't heard of your company: What are you working on? What is Code Lingo?
1: Yeah, sure. So CodeLingo is a notebook for developers. So probably the best analogy is to think a bit like Notion. So uh, it looks and feels a bit like Google Docs. You can get in and um, just create quick notes and collaborate with your team members. But uh, not only can you write text, you can do smart linking into your code and your editor. And it integrates all the way from your editor right through to the pull request. So you just have smarter and smarter blocks that you can include in those uh, notebooks that uh, integrate deeply with your, your code and the uh, software development lifecycle.
0: So walk me through a little bit about the original story here, kind of why did you decide to get started with this and yeah, tell me about how you got started.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, so I used to be a developer at Canonical, the company behind Ubuntu and um, uh, yeah, so I've been a developer most of my life, all of my professional career. And throughout that uh, career, the, something Continually happens as the project uh, grew and the team grew, attention arose between managing the complexity of the existing code and adding new features. And this really came to a head at Canonical. Um, It was an amazing team. There's 30 developers, sourced from around the world. No, no shortage of funding. No shortage of opportunity. And it was just very surprising how. Um, we kept hitting these issues just around basic collaboration while we're writing code. And and really, it came to a head of like, how do you keep on the same page while you're writing code? So we'd have these planning meetings, we'd all get on the same page, then we'd go off and do our individual coding, and then we'd try to merge it at the pull request phase right at the end of it. And at that point we realized, oh, hang on, Um, we're slightly on the wrong pages in in subtle ways. And that basic pattern of not being able to collaborate very easily while writing code, while with around talking around in-flight code, just um, compounded and compounded. I used to take it personally. I thought I was a bad developer. Then I thought I was on a dysfunctional team. Then I thought I was in a dysfunctional company. And now I actually think I'm in a dysfunctional industry. And I wrote a podcast, sorry, I wrote a a blog post around this, essentially saying that the pull request is an anti-pattern because we're treating it as the main path of collaboration when it was intended as a final check for code. And I think that's at the heart of a lot of the dysfunctionality around um, collaboration and development teams. Um, so long story short, the, the, the problem is as developers, we're very good at scaling up anything except ourselves. So what naturally happens around um, knowledge communication with uh, three developers gets harder at 30, gets almost impossible at 300. So as the, actually the team itself starts to scale up and we're starting to work with teams 3000 strong, um, how do you keep that same tacit flow of knowledge um, and the thinking around the code how do you scale that up along with the code
0: And i'm curious as you introduce this to the world and, and kind of share this is this do you get pushback from the developers do you get like do you get embraced like oh my gosh like what, we is it is it both I, i'm just kind of curious what kind of reception you're getting from the current status quo as you're trying to kind of build the new one
1: yeah 100 percent um Developers are prickly. I'm a developer myself, so I get it. <laughs> um, so you get everything from like, oh, we could have built this. Uh, you know, I'm, I I could have built this in my weekend. Um, but then you quickly learn to ask, well, what weekend? <laughs> um, and really, our position is like, look, what all we're doing is trying to to automate a lot of the boilerplate around trying to collaborate, so you can get on and work on the stuff that really matters. Uh, so a lot of the value around um, CodeLingo notebooks is that it just sets up all of the context for you and your teammates to have uh, discussions and collaboration around, around, around code. Um, so yeah, so we get that pushback. Uh, the other thing is obviously kind of zeroing in on just the right type of team, um, because this type of, the problem essentially is what we're doing is we're, we're, we're shifting it at, shifting at left. So when issues sneak into code, the later you leave it, the more expensive it becomes to fix it. Obviously, the most expensive when it's out there in production, and you've got a, you know, your systems failed or you've got a security breach or what have you. The, the more you can shift that left, which is to say, the more you can shift it towards the developer, the quicker and cheaper it's going to be to fix, and the and you get exponential payoffs. So we're just trying to shift shift uh, finding and fixing and talking about these issues in code code left. Now what happens is that that needs um, goes from And nice to have to a critical, depending on the size of your team and the nature of your team. So large, remote distributed teams. This is a very acute pain. How do we make, how can we help our development teams um, collaborate at scale? If you're talking to a small three person team and you're working in the same room, then it's more of a nice to have.
0: And as you kind of work on this, I'm curious, if you look out 5, 10, 15 years into the future, like, what do you see as the big vision here? Or in other words, what direction are you rowing in? And what is this, this going to look like, you know, if everything works out?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. I love this question. Um, so Notebooks is actually a bit of a beachhead product for us. Uh, CodeLingo itself has been around um, for a few years before. And under the hood, we actually have a query engine. So we um, we have an engine which uh, turns code into Data and we can query quite um, powerful patterns inside that. So essentially we can create um, project specific linters and and do quite uh, sophisticated um, static analysis um, across code. Uh, This translates into automatically finding and fixing bugs and automatically guiding developers. So what I'm seeing is that in the first instance, what we're doing is we're creating a space for, uh, for teams to have um, conversations close to the code what falls out of those conversations is patterns and rules and automated guidance that you can then distribute across to your, to the to the wider development team so for example you've got a senior engineer um, and they can start to just with more and more automation and sophistication they can start to um, essentially create a a virtual avatar of themselves or a virtual mentor of themselves, which will be like a co-pilot for the junior engineers as as they're navigating through the code and they're working with the code. It's like having um, that senior engineer guiding you um, in real time next year. And that falls out from, um, yeah, like I was saying, so these um, uh, project specific patterns and rules which will um, finally fix issues and actually guide you with um, uh, all the way from the editor right through to the pull request.
0: And in order to make it happen, like you'll need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup work. Um, so my question for you is how can the Forward Thinking Founders community help? Are you hiring or raising money, looking for customers or partnerships? How can we assist?
1: Yeah, cool. Awesome. So we're, we're really loving to, um, we really want to talk to developers. Um, so I'm, I'm a developer first, basically everyone on the team right now is a developer first. And We're really trying to understand the, um, the real problems out there. Um, obviously... Um, you know, we're working off um, assumptions and our own experience, and we're trying to talk it to as many teams as possible to understand the, the, what does the world look like for you. Uh, in particular, we're actually um, hosting a de- uh, developer productivity, Uncon, on the 11th um, of August. Uh, so it'd be really great for everyone to jump along and just chat with us there. We've got some really exciting people um, interested in coming along. Um, you can check that out at codelingo.io forward slash Uncon, U-N-C-O-N. Um, um, and it's just, just free. Just jump on the waiting list there and we'll get back to you for details. Um, but yeah, so I really, really want to just start the discussion like, hey, it's hard to collaborate uh, as developers in in-flight code. So let's, let's, let's just talk about that as a first-class problem and follow out with that. So that's number one. Number two, um, love any, anyone that's uh, interested in this space, um, looking, yeah, looking for customers, looking for um, uh, feedback. Um, yeah, just reach out and give it a play and tell us why you hate it or why you love it. <laughs>
0: And let's say someone wants to reach out or kind of learn more online. How can they find you online? Do you have a website or a social media account or maybe an email address? How can someone learn more?
1: Yeah, sure. All of the above. So um, CodeLingo, um, uh, C-O-D-E-L-I-N-G-O dot I-O, CodeLingo. So that's probably the first, first protocol. And then you can just get me at uh, Jesse, J-E-S-S-E at CodeLingo All right.
0: Well, thank you for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Cool. Thank you. So we know some cheers.